We're going to be learning the Kutzisichus Chelek Yutas, the Sicha for Shabbos Parashas Nachamu, which is also a Siyam Masachas Makis. There asks many questions on the Siyam. We're not going to go through all of them. We're just going to go through a few of the questions, and the main focus of Rashi will be on the Biurim that the Rebbe gave. In the end Masachas Makis, it tells us two stories of Rabbi Nuhir Blazer Ben Azariah, Rabbi Shur and Rabbi Akiva, and we'll quickly just go through the main points of the story. So these Akanim were on the way to Rome, um, and when they were 120 mil away, they began to cry. And Rabbi Kiva was masachik, he started smiling, laughing. So they tell him, why are you crying? So they reply, sorry, they ask him, why are you laughing? So he replies to them, why are you crying? So they tell him, these kushiyim, which bow down to Atzavim, Maktim of Zara, Yoshim Betach, Heshkach, they're living peacefully, and us, by us, the base of English is burning with fire. Should we not cry? So reply to them, Ani That's why I'm lakach ani misachik, because Shuv pamachas, the second story that they're going to Shalim. So when they reached Har Soifim, they ripped their clothing, and they reached Har They saw a fox going out from the Kachei Kardashim, and they began to cry. And the Kibbutz was misachik. So the same conversation happens. They ask him why he's laughing. He asks them why they're crying. So they reply, we're crying because it says in the Pasuk, Hazar, the Makim Shekasa by Hazar, Hakar Yumas. And now there's foxes going in this place. Should we not cry? So he says, this is why I'm laughing. Because the Pasuk in Yermia tells us, Aiden the money, as Uriah Karyan is Zechariah, that there's these two Aiden, Uriah and Zechariah, Ben Yibarchayon, Vichimai and Uriah Eitz Zechariah. What's the connection? Uri was in Mikdash Rishon, Zahari was Mikdash Rather, the Pasuk's being toiled these two Nebuahs together. That when the Nebuah of Uriah fulfilled, which Uriah's uh, Nebuah was Lechem, Galach, and Sien, Tzadet, Tcharesh, then I know that the Nebuah of Zechariah would also be fulfilled. Because by Zechariah it says, Oy, oy Yeshu Zekenim, the Zekenis Berachai Vishushalai. The says that before that there was Neskaim, the Nebuah of Uriah, I was worried that maybe it would not be Neskaim, the Nebuah of Zechariah. But now that was Neskaim, the Nebuah of Uriah, I know that the Neskaim of Zechariah will also be fulfilled. And the Lashon Zah, So there's many questions, but just a few. First of all, why is Rikiva asking them why you're crying? It's pretty obvious to anybody that's uh, that's with the Zakanim that they're crying because of the Chorban. Uh, they, they see how the Romans are successful. They see a fox going on the Kache Kache. Does he not know why they're crying? Especially in the second story, it says when they reached Tar Siphon, they, they ripped their clothes. So Rikiva himself is mourning over the Chorban. So what's the Shaila? Why are you crying? It, it seems like a, a rhetorical question, a joke. Second of all, why was it that Rikiva says that that until was Neskaim the Nebuah Uriah, <coughs> Uriah, I was scared that maybe the Nebuah of Zechariah wouldn't be fulfilled. What is that supposed to mean? We know any Nebuah which is the Tayyib, Hashem never retracts it. If it's a bad Nebuah, he might be able to do tshuva, he might remove that bad prophecy. But if it's a Nebuah for something good, Hashem's never going to take it away. So what does it mean that Rebbe Kiva was worried that it wouldn't be Neskaim? Furthermore, when they replied to him, only at the end of the second story, why at the end of the second the second story there they have a nechama? Masha'en came by the first story, they don't. The first thing when they're on their way to Rome, a very similar conversation happens, but they don't say anything about Nacham. Dafka after the second story, when they're going to Yushalayim, then they say Just maybe to throw out one last question, a diak is that when Mekiva asks them, why are you crying? They reply, because it says in the Pasuk that the Makim Shekasev Lai Hazar HaKar Yumas, and now there's foxes going in there. Should we not cry? <coughs> so the question that all Mepharshim ask is, why is it bringing the Pasuk of Hazar HaKar Yumas? What it really should have, this is a Pasuk that's saying about Hazar, how he's not allowed to do a Vaida in the base of Migdash or in Mishkan. What it really should have brought is, it should have brought the Pasuk, which is specific about the Kachak Kedashim, that all Yom B'chalei Sarkadosh, that no one, even the Kohen Gadol, is allowed to approach the Kohen Gadol except on Yom Kippur. So, if he wants to talk about the Makim Kachai Kedashim, he should have brought the Pasuk Al Yom B'chalei, Mashiach and Azar Hakarav Yumas, is referring to the Mishkan in general, and it's referring to doing any type of Avodah in the Mishkan. So, why would he have brought that Pasuk? So, the Rebbe tells us a very interesting idea. 
So it tells us that they weren't crying. It was obvious that they weren't crying about the actual destruction of the base of Mignosh. Because when did they start crying? When they were, when they heard the noise, the, the first story was when they heard the noise from Rome. But they didn't cry earlier. The reasoning is because they already knew that the base of was destroyed. This is something which happened earlier. The reason why they were actually going to Rome was to move that the Romans made upon the Jewish people. So they knew that the Romans were powerful. So it wasn't even just about the knowledge about that they were in control. Similarly, the second story. Rabbi Kiva himself ripped his clothes when they saw the Hurban of the Beis Hamikdash. But why were they crying? So, so they weren't crying about that. Rather, why were they crying? It was because a fox was coming out of the Kachai Kadash. So in other words, the reason what Rabbi Kiva is asking them is like this. I know you're not crying about the Etzim Hurban itself. It's rather there's something which was Nishadish, which is awakening within you at Tsar. What is that new development that's awakening the new, uh, uh, this new Tsar that's causing you to cry? So by the first story, they reply that it's because that they are have such hashkat muvatah that not only did they destroy the base of English, but they, they're, they're living peacefully, they're celebrating while our base of English is destroyed. In other words, what they're trying to say is that yes, we know that the base of English was destroyed and it had to be through a powerful country. It says, that the base of English had to be destroyed by a powerful nation. The reason is because if, if the Yidin at the base of Middash would have been destroyed by a very weak nation, it would have been very, a, a very big bazillion for them. Masha'in came under conquered by a powerful nation, the bazillion is not that great. He says, but our problem is true that there was, the, there was a Chilul Hashem, you know, there's a Chilul Hashem and there was the Hurban. But why did it have to be such a powerful Chilul Hashem? That even afterwards, they're living Heshkat Not only are they a powerful nation, but they don't even have any problems. They're living, they're celebrating, they're living happily. There's peace by them. Why do they need to have a hashkafvetach? And furthermore, the base of Middash was already destroyed. So if at the moment of the base of Middash needed to be powerful, but now it's already a few years after the base of Middash, why are they still powerful? Why are they still have hashkafvetach? That was their problem. In the second story, it's about the base of Middash. True, there's, a, there's an Avua that said, Siyam, the son of Tacharech, that Siyam will be like a plowed field and there'll be foxes going through it. But in the Nebuah, it doesn't say where in the base of Middash it's going to be. It could have been anywhere. It could have been Nazareth Nashim. Why did it have to be that in the most, the most holiest place, which is the Kodesh Nashim, Dafka there, that's where the shuls come out. Why did Nebuah have to be fulfilled in the worst possible and the greatest Bazayim Dikaway? And that's also why they bring the Pasuk Hazar Hakar Bumas. What, why? We have the halacha that's referring to what Azar is doing on a void of the base of English, but there's also the Pshutah Shemikra. Azar Akar Vyumas also means Azar, who approaches the base of English or the Mishkan, will die. There's also this Indian that he's not allowed to go when he's not allowed to go. And that applies also to the Kain Gadol. Kain Gadol is considered a Zar for the Kaidish HaKadosh. If you go where you're not allowed to be, you are a Zar for that month. So the Kaidish so the Kain Gadol is a Zar for the Kaidish HaKadosh the entire year, except for Yom Kippur. So therefore, they're trying to show and, and express the design that it was such a holy place that even a kind God was a czar. And now there's a fox going through it. That's why we're crying. So Rekiva replies in the first story, He says, because I'm seeing in, if this is what's happening to the Romans, this gives me the capability to visualize what it's going to be for the Oyser so I'm looking at them celebrating. By the Romans celebrating, that doesn't bring me tsar. Like, how could they be celebrating? No, on the contrary. If they're celebrating, I'm just, now I can imagine how amazing it's going to be for the Yidin lost love. In the second story, a similar idea. They're seeing a fox going through the Kodesh HaKadoshim, so that brings them a great amount of tsar. He says, no, this, that the Nebuah was in Skyen in the worst possible way, that also means that the prophecy which was connected to it will be fulfilled in the best possible way. So Uriah's prophecy could have been fulfilled in, in, in a weaker way. You know, there's a shul going out from a different place in the Kaitish Kodashim. But that would have meant also that the Nebuah of Zechariah wouldn't have been in the greatest possible way. But now that Uriah's prophecy was in the worst way, then I know Zechariah's prophecy. And that was his suffering. He, of course he knew that Mashiach will come and everything will be good for the Yidin. Of course he knew that. 
His suffix was how exactly and how powerful would that nevuah be when it's going to be fulfilled. So now I know it's going to, the gul is going to be in the greatest um, possible way. And this, this explains, so that, that, that explains the first few questions that we've had. A, why did they bring the Pasuk Dafka Zarkar Yumas? Why were they crying? What was the suffix? But now we still need to understand is why was it that Dafka, the second story, that's when they say Akiva Nechamtanu, Akiva Nechamtanu. And of course, what's the chiddush of each story? If you're bringing two stories, there must be a chiddush in each one. So to understand this, the Rebbe goes into an interesting halachic um, question, which this halachic question is, do you look at the hoiva when you have two possibilities? There's a possibility of what's in front of you at this particular moment, or you could look at what the future consequences of doing this mitzvah will be, for example. Uh, the example the Rebbe gives, and then we'll go more into the Achreinim, how they discuss it. The example the Rebbe gives is, it's Saim Gedalia. There's a Chayla, and the doctor says that if the Chayla fasts on Saim Gedalia, he won't be able to fast on Yom Kippur. So, so the Shaila is, do we look at the Chayla alone? The Chayla is, right now there's a Chiv of Saim Gedalia, so he fasts on Saim Gedalia, that's it. Or do you say, I have to also, through my actions right now, if I fast on Tzim Gedalia, that will make me not be able to fast Yom Kippur. So I can't just fast because that's the only thing that matters at this moment, the Tzim Gedalia. I have to view the Tzim the outcome of my action. So if I fast today, the outcome of that action is it's going to be Goyim that I won't be able to fast on Yom Kippur. So what are you supposed to do? So you just look at the Haiva right now, it's a day of a fast. Or do you look at what the, what the current events or, or how you, what the current events will cause in the future? And similarly, we'll just jump to Rebbe Kiva and, and the Zikainim. The Zikainim, we're saying right now there's a Khurban. In the future, but right now it's a Khurban. This is what we need to live with. It's a disgrace. While Rebbe Kiva is saying is that you need to look at the Haiva, what the Haiva will cause, that through the Tetzah of what's occurring right now, what will happen by that? By this, that the goyim are, are or this, that there's a shul going to the Kaidish Abdashim, that itself will cause that the Gaula will be that much greater. So he's looking at the present event and he sees what the future is going to be. And the future is what overwhelms and, and what is the most important part. What is the Taitsa? The Taitsa is you're not going to be able to, 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 you're able to do the mitzvah. It's very exciting, Simgadam, in fact, but then the Taitsa is you're not going to be able to fast on Yom Kippur. So Rikiba would say, then that's. And then you shouldn't fast on some Gedalia because he's looking at, right at this moment, he's able to see the future event that you're not able to fast through Kippur. So therefore, it's not, uh, uh, it's not, it wouldn't be worthwhile. Masha'enkei, according to the others, the king. So now let's get into this discussion a little bit more about the Hoi and Asad, how the, 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 the Chorin discuss it. The Steichemid brings a Sefer called the Oil Moshe, who, who discusses the Shailah about Tzim Gedal Yom Kippur. This is the Shaila that was asked of him. There's a Chayla, should he fast on Tzim Gedalia, or should he eat on Tzim Gedalia and thereby be able to fast on Kippur, which of course is the Mitzvah Darayt. So he answers that it's really a Machoikis between the Chacham Tzvi and the Rad Vaz. There, there, there was a different question. The question by them was that there was a Tsar, a part of some sort, that had a Yid in prison. And he said that one day a year he's able to go out of prison. So the Shaila was asked, which day should he choose? Should he, or I should say, he could go out of prison to Davin with a minion, more specific. Should he go out that same day? Or should he wait to Yom Purim, wait to Purim, wait to a, a special occasion so he'd be able to do the Mitzvah Shlema? Should he just chop the first minion that he can get? Or maybe he should wait to a special minion, Yom Kippur, Purim, the way the Oyal Moshe actually says it is, he actually says, in the Radvaz, it says, he says the question was Purim or Yom Purim. The Ayolmeshis brings the Shaila a little bit differently, and he says the question was Rosh Hashanah. And there is a difference that we'll see, is that Rosh Hashanah, you're going to hear the Shaifer, so therefore it would be a question, should I go to a regular minion, which is a Mitzvah Durbanan, or should I go to the Rosh Hashanah, which there would be Tekiah Shaifer. Mashiach if the question was um, a regular minion, or Yom HaKippurim and Purim, even though it's a greater minion, it's a more shleimistic mitzvah, but it's the same mitzvah, just in a much more shleimistic way. So that's a big nafkemina 
that A, they're both Durbanans, and it's also the same mitzvah, just one's a Shlemistik. And Mash Enkin, if you're saying it's Rosh Hashanah, it's literally, it's two different mitzvahs, plus one of them is a Duraisa and one of them is Durban. Either we'll get to that soon. But the question is, should you chop the first mitzvah you have, or should you wait? So the, so the Ravnada answers that there's a concept of Ein Mavir in our mitzvahs, and the idea is that you, a person does not know, he can't, shouldn't be shaykel akala kenega chamor. A person doesn't know the value and the matan schar of the mitzvah. So therefore, don't say, oh, this is akala, this is a chamor. The first mitzvah that comes to you, that's the mitzvah that you do. So he's, therefore, he's, he poskins that he should leave right away, go to the first minion, and not wait till Yom Kippur or Purim. Masha'en came, the chacham tzvi, he dis- disagrees. The chacham tzvi says that this idea of e mavir al is only applies when it's two equal mitzvahs. So therefore, you do the first one uh, w- which comes to you. For example, the famous one would be, let's say, uh, he doesn't give this example, but just, you know, you have talus and tefillin. So the law is you're supposed to put tzitz, the talus on first and then the tzitz. I, what happens if you pick up the tefillin? So then we say that since you picked up the tefillin, you put the tefillin on first and then you put the talus on. So why? Because they're both equal mitzvahs. So tzitzis you do first, the pashtas because of the union of tadir, according to the zayar, there could be kabbalistic in yom, and that the union of tzitzis is supposed to happen first, and then the union of tefillin happens second. But either way, once you've picked up the tefillin, then we say this concept of aim of yinah, because they're both mitzvahs, they're right. Masha'en came by Tzem Gedalia, he says, uh, or sorry, the question his was, he says, a, min, a minion, uh, he says, even though they're both Durbanans, the Pashtas, he says, but it's a different quality of a mitzvah. One's a regular minion, while the other one is a minion of Yom Kippur. Well, definitely, if it's a minion of Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah's mamash mitzvah deraitza, according to that other version, then what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to wait for the greater one. And he brings a proof in the Gemara that the Gemara asks uh, about the situation of Esamigdash, that they only had two sheep, and it was Shabbos. And the question is, should they bring this, these two sheep that they had left for the Korban Musaf for that day? Or should they hold off and keep the two sheep for the next day for the car, for the Korban Tamid? For the morning and the afternoon Korban Tamid. And the Shiloh Gemara was, do, should they use it for the Korban Musaf because it's Mekudosh Tvei, it's a holier, it's connected to Shabbos, therefore it's Mekudosh Tvei. Or should they keep it till the next day and keep it for the Tamid because the Tamid is Tadr, a Tadr, in a Tadr, Tadr Kaidim. So maybe they should hold on to the sheep for the Tadr. So he says, he doesn't understand the question of the Gemara, according to the Radvaz. If we hold this concept of Ema, Vir, and Mitzvahs, then what's even the question? Today there's a Chiyah for the Musaf, so you have to, you have to use it for the Musaf. I, tomorrow there's an Indian of Tadr, and there's an Indian of the Tadr, who cares? That's, there's no Chiyah right now. Ema, Vir, and Mitzvahs, the first Mitzvah that comes, even if it's Kala, you do it. So for sure you do the Karvin Mitzvahs. What's the question of the Gemara, the Quran? Elamai, he proves that Lachaira, he says, when do we say Ema Vir Mitzvah? That's only when there's two mitzvahs shops. But when you have one mitzvah, which is, let's say, even if they're both derisive, but one mitzvah is Mekudosh today, and the other is not, then you do the Mekudosh today. Or if one mitzvah is Tadr and the other mitzvah is not Tadr, then we don't say Ema Vir Mitzvah, rather we do the Tadr first. So therefore, uh, in a situation, even when uh, they, they might have began another one, Let's say, I think there's a Shaila, I don't remember the Moskana, but let's say they started, the Tamid is supposed to be the first Korban in the morning. So let's say they began, they shechted another Korban. So I believe the Allah is, you're supposed to stop and continue with the Tamid and then go back to the original Korban. Because there's a concept of Tamid, in a Tamid. I, Ema, Vilonimitsis. No, we say Tamid comes before. So Ema, Vilonimitsis, he says, it's only when there's two Mitzvahs, Mitzvah Shabbos, not when they're uh, different levels. Therefore, Lachayr, according to this, when, uh, he should wait. The person shouldn't leave jail for that same day to go to the first minion. Rather, wait to when you could do the mitzvah, which, which is Mekudosh Tveh. Let's say Yom Kippur, which is Mekudosh Tveh, or Rosh Hashanah, which is also Mitzvah Daraisa. So he wants to say that this is the same Achleikis regarding Sam Gedalia. He says, according to the Radvaz that said, Ema Virnala Mitzvah, so Sam Gedalia is today, so you do Sam Gedalia. I, what happens with Yom Kippur? So Yom Kippur, you're going to be sick. It's going to be Kuch Nefesh. So Kuch Nefesh, is doicha the fast of Yom Kippur? So you have a hefter, you're an oynus, you didn't do anything wrong. So you do the mitzvah kala, which is right now. That's your obligation. And Yom Kippur, you didn't do anything wrong because you're an oynus. Kuch nefesh is doicha. Mashe'en came. The Chacham Tzvi says, Eim avir and doesn't really apply over here in this particular situation. 
So therefore, you have two mitzvahs. One is uh, Adurban and the other is Daraisa. So therefore, you should look higher weight to do the mitzvah, which is a mitzvah Daraisa. So the Tzdei Chamed wants to say, disagrees with the Ayal Maisha. And he says that the comparison to the case of the Radvaz and the Chacham Tzvi is not a good comparison to, to the situation that's in Gedali Yom Kippur. He says the case of the Radvaz and the Chacham Tzvi was a situation where, uh, let's say, both, let's keep it simple, both of them were a Durabana. They're both Mitzvah's Durabana, so therefore they had a Machlekes, you know, Eim Avir al or do you not say Eim Avir al because one is Mekudosh today. So the Radvaz says you always say Eim Avir al the Chacham Tzvi says that you don't say Eim Avir al one is Mekudosh today, therefore you should wait till Yom Kippur. He says, in our situation, it's, it's, it's not the same gather of a mitzvah. Tzayim Gedalia is a, div, a mitzvah medivre Kabbalah. It's from the Nevi'im. Masha Enkein, the mitzvah of Yom Kippur, is a mitzvah from the Torah. So when, when do we say Eim Avir no mitzvah, even according to the Radvaz, is, is only when there's a similarity between the two mitzvahs. When they're both the Raisas, when they're both the Rabbanans, but now when one the Darais and Darabanan, he says, because you look at the Radvaz, he gives his reasoning for his logic of Eim Avir Mitzvah within the Kufa Tshuva. The Radvaz explains that the reason why we say Eim Avir Mitzvah because we don't know the Matan Schar of a Kala or a Chamura. He says, when does that make sense that you don't know the Matan Schar of a Kala or a Chamura when they're both Darais? Meaning is you might think that um, this Mitzvah Kala is, is, is not so important. Uh, this Mitzvah Kala is only, if, let's say, uh, uh, a mitzvah which only has a chiyav of, uh, let's, um, let's say, a regular mitzvah essay. And then there could be another mitzvah essay, like let's say, Korim Pasach, which is a chiyav karas, if you don't fulfill it. So you would think, oh, what's more important? The, the Korim Pasach is much more important because of the chiyav karas. So I should, if I can only fulfill one of these two mitzvahs, I should probably just do the Korim Pasach. Or the same thing by, by let's say, Surin. If I have to be over in one, then it's probably better to be over on one, which is a just a law of Masha'enkein, if it's a chorus or Mishmayim, Mishmayim, Mishmayim. Again, it will be talking about a situation where it's an honest or he's potter, but it's the concept of which one is more important. Is when could you say the aim of your Mitzvah, because we don't know the Matan Tzchar, the Kala, Kenegah, the Chamura, and we can't use our own logic to figure out what Hashem feels is more important by looking at the Tzchar of Einish. That's only when they're both Darisis, or if they're both Darabonans, maybe you could do the same thing. He says, when there's one which is Darais and the other is a Darabonan, you, you can't make such a comparison. Obviously, you go after the Darisa. The Darais is definitely, the, the Schar is much greater. That's why the Stechem is Girsa in the, uh, the Shaila of the Radvaz and the Chachem Tzvi was Negea to a minion for Yom Kippur or a regular minion. Masha'inkein, if it's a Shiloh was Rosh Hashanah, or a regular minion, the Pashtuns, of course you're going to do Rosh Hashanah. If Rosh Hashanah was an option, Rosh Hashanah is a mitzvah deraisa. So, so even the Radvaz would agree that if it's a deraisa, can I get a regular Durabana? For sure you have to do the mitzvah deraisa. Alamai, that wasn't an option, at least from the Truva, it seems like. It had, uh, the Truva had the Radvaz, as, as we have it in print, was Yom Kippur or Purim, can I get a regular day? No, not Rosh Hashanah. And it makes sense according to the logic of the Stechan, because it's only when they're both deraisas or both Durabanas you could have you could say, Eim Avir on the Mitzvah. Masha Enkin, if one's the rice and one's the Rabbanan, then we know that then it's not a situation of don't compare the Kalab Kamu because you don't know Matan's Kar. We know the difference. One's the rice and one's the Rabbanan. Very, very clear difference. Therefore, he says, the Shail of Tzim Gedalia, he says, Lukuli Alma has nothing to do with Eim Avir on the Mitzvah because even the Radvaz would say um, that you can't look, that, you, that, that um, even the Radvaz would hold that Yom Kippur that you won't have a gather of Eim Avir, and you can't be Mavir and some Gedalia because of Yom Kippur, because definitely you would have to be. Mitzad Eina Eim Avir, you would have to be Mavir and some Gedalia in order to fulfill Yom Kippur, because it's much more important. He says, so that's not Negea to the Shaila, the Eina Eim Avir, and this. As Elamai, what is relevant? What is relevant is, are you allowed, right now, the person has a Chiyiv to fast. And Yosef is going to have a chiyuv to fast from Yom Kippur. And the shaila is, generally speaking, or the rule is, you're not allowed to do something 
that will cause you not to be able to be fast on Yom Kippur because of Kuf Nefesh. So, for example, let's say you have a, you have to have a surgery. And you can have it two days before Yom Kippur. You can have it two days later. And obviously in a situation where it's, you know, not a, no nafkimina. It's just a matter of timing. You know, if it's Kuf Nefesh, it's just a different story. So there's no nafkimina. You can have it one or the other. If you have it before Yom Kippur, then you won't be able to fast because it's going to be Pekuf Nefesh. Or you can have it right after Yom Kippur. So the law is you're not allowed to do something that will cause you to be in a massive Pekuf Nefesh, which will make you punter for Yom Kippur. No, you're not allowed to do that. If you have, if you, if there is a situation Pekuf Nefesh, then, then you don't need to, then you don't need to fast. But you can't put yourself into a situation of Pekuf Nefesh. Similarly, we have by Shabbos. If the situation of Kuch Nefesh, you're able to be Deich Shabbos. But you're not allowed to put yourself into a situation of Kuch Nefesh and therefore Deich Shabbos. Like the famous halacha, a person's not allowed to, for Dvar Shus, he's not allowed to go on a boat within three days, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Because in those days, when you went on a boat, it was basically almost 100% certain that you need to be Mechal Shabbos to run the boat. So therefore, I, it's Kuch Nefesh, so you're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos. True, but you didn't need to go on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, which will for sure cause you to be Mechalo Shabbos. You're putting yourself into a matzah that you have to be Mechalo Shabbos, and therefore that would not be permitted. At least that's how some are finding. I should explain it, because there are actually different ways of explaining that particular case. But I'm just using it as an example, not to say what the definitive reasoning of that is. But either way, the idea is you can't put yourself into a situation that you need Kuch Nefesh. So that's so going back to Sun Gedalia of Kippurim, that's really the question. If you fast on Sun Gedalia, you're putting yourself into a situation that you won't be able to fast on Yom Kippur. So the Stechamit says, this is how he passes, that when do you say that you're not allowed to put yourself into a situation? That's only if it's for a Dvar Rishus. Since it's a Dvar Rishus, then you have no right to do this Dvar Rishus and put yourself into a Puch Nefesh and therefore pass to yourself. But when, it's Lutzer, but when you have a Chiev, it's not something that you're choosing to do. You have a chiyav to fast today. You have a chiyav right now to fast, and therefore, you fast. And then, if, since when Yom Kippur comes, you'll be potter because it's an ayinus. So it's not the vort that it's rishus and you're making yourself not be able to fast in Yom Kippur. No, there's a chiyav from the Torah, midrabanim, divrei kabbalah, to fast on this day. So therefore, you're doing what your obligation says that you're supposed to do today. And therefore, b'deich lamela, you won't be able to fast in Yom Kippur. So that's a different type of situation. But the point is, what we're seeing is that. If you, if you, that's how the Stechamah learns, but you could see from his logic that there's really two ways of looking at it. And I think this is what the Rebbe is trying to tell us with this example. One way of looking at it is that through my actions today, that's going to cause me not to be able to fast in Yom Kippur. So should I fast or not? So the Stechamah says, of course you have to fast. He's looking at the Hoybe. Right now there's a Chiyav. The Chiyav Matzav right now is you have an obligation to fast. So therefore, whatever happens to us, it happens. Masha'en came, those who would argue with the Stechamah would say that because since your actions are going to cause the Asid, therefore you shouldn't fast on Asim Gedalia. Because right now you have to look at what is this going to cause. You have, there's Yom Kippur is a few days in front of you. You know you're going to have a Chiyav of Yom Kippur in a few days. So how could you, by, by doing this mitzvah of fasting in Asim Gedalia, that's going to cause you to lose a much greater mitzvah, therefore you shouldn't, uh, you should not fast. The Rebbe brings in Ara 55, he goes into this with a bit more B'yin, tells us to look at the Stechamet. And then he says, look over there, he gives a dogma of a Mahmud Yimu Yom which I mentioned earlier. So the halacha is, it's really, that, <coughs> that the Lukul Yama, three days before Shabbos, you're not allowed to um, go on a boat, which you know for sure you're going to be have to be Mechal Shabbos, or Karb that you should be have to be Mechal Shabbos um, for Dvar Rishos. That's Mekuliyama. And the reasoning that the Rebbe gives is different than what I said before, because it looks like you're being Masta, that, that you're going on condition to Mechal Shabbos. It looks like that's why you're going. Like, you're going on Wednesday, you know for sure you're going to be at Mechal, so it looks like you're traveling in order, like, with, with the knowledge and intent to be Mechal Shabbos, and therefore you wouldn't be allowed to do that. If you're going earlier than those three days, then it'll be okay. Why? Because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is the days which are Mikamesh about it. 
while Sunday Monday Tuesday are connected to the previous Shabbos. So Sunday Monday Tuesday, which is connected to the previous Shabbos, then it doesn't give that appearance that you're going to Michal Shabbos. Masha Enkin, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which is already the time that you start preparing for Shabbos, then it looks like you're going to the Mahal Shabbos. That's one opinion that for Edvar Shus, you have to be before, uh, it has to be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And, then, and according to this opinion, for Edvar Mitzvah, you could even leave on Erev Shabbos. For Edvar Mitzvah, you're allowed to go even on Erev Shabbos because it's for a Mitzvah, then it's fine. According to a second opinion, he says you're never, he says you're never allowed to go if you know for sure you're going to be Mahal Shabbos, even for a Mitzvah, even if it's on a Sunday. If you know for sure you're going to be Mahal Shabbos, then it's nearer to master the Mahal Shabbos. So even on Sunday, you could go even for Advar Mitzvah. Because the only time you'd be allowed to go is if it's not 100% sure. It's, it's, it's not 100% sure that you're going to be Mahal Shabbos. Then you can go Lutzerich Mitzvah. He says that for business, these other things might be considered Lutzerich Mitzvah, but you know those things only Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And if it's for a Mitzvah Mamish, and it's not for sure that you're going to be Mahal Shabbos, then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you can go for a Dvar Mitzvah according to the second opinion. Now, Rebbe says um, that you should, uh, that the, the Allah is like the, the Machmirim, but those who are make like the first opinion have uh, what to be saying. But the point is, what, 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 <coughs> what it seems like, that's how Rebbe explains it. So it seems like what's, what's the basis of Machlekes between these two opinions? So the Stechanan wants to explain that according to the opinion that it's Mutta to go, the Tzarek Mitzvah, or but to go for a virus just on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. The reasoning is because when you're going, it's it's mutter, it's fine, you're not doing anything wrong. I in the future, something bad's gonna happen, but but you have no obligation to uh, but but that you don't have a that heave is not in front of you right now. That's not an obligation that you have. What your obligation is only what's in front of you. So right now I'm doing the mitzvah, so I can go. Right now it's Sunday, so it's not near a kamasna. Therefore I, I could do this to our shus, even though it will cause a chilul shot. Well, according to the second opinion, it um, according to the second opinion, he says you have to look at your what your action is going to cause. Even if it's a Sunday, but I know that my action is going to cause a full Shabbos, so it would be something which is asked to do. So these would be examples of machloikis of do you look at the Haida or do you look at the Asit? I should point out that the Stay Hamid says the Labdafka, this is a uh, maybe a good example of this, because it could be because. Over here, it's not because you're actually causing a chilo Shabbos. Meaning, is because it's kuch nefesh, you have a head to be mechal Shabbos. He says over here, it could be an issue of, that it's nearer. It looks like it's a gzeir dorbona that it looks like you're you're going to mechal Shabbos. Therefore, it's a type of bezoyin of Shabbos. So that how we were explaining it was more the idea is that your actions are causing a chilo Shabbos or causing you to have a kuch nefesh, and therefore you have a head to be mechal Shabbos. The stechemes is lav dafkin maskana that that's the part. It could be like a, a different idea. But either way, according to at least uh, his initial thought, um, that th- this, this would be the same type of machlaikis. Uh, another example that the Rebbe brings, he brings from Rashi and Sukkah. So there, the Gemara tells us <coughs> that there's two sources that tell us that you're oisiv and mitzvah, patam and mitzvah. That way, if you're oisiv and mitzvah, then you're patam. And then we have another place which tells us that if you're in the Tamil, that those individuals that have a Tamilay Nafesh Adam, that we know that in the time of the Vindar, that there were individuals that had to become Tamil to bury uh, Mason, to bury the dead. Of course, the son was Elder uh, Lamedad, no, sorry, not Elder Lamedad, the, the, the uncle, the uncles of Nadav um, Aviu, they became Tamil when they had to take them out of the Kajak uh, Nashim. But either way, so the Shiloh was, well, it's a Maskana, I should say. Is that Rashi, uh, the Gemara, and Rashi explains the Gemara that since the issue was that if they became Tame to bury the, 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 these individuals, they would not be able to be mocked with the Korban Pasach. Korban Pasach is a mitzvah to say with Karis. Rashi came bearing a relative, um, even Machlaikis, if it's a mitzvah to say, makes mitzvah is definitely a mitzvah to say, the Kuliyama, but bearing a relative. According to some, it's a mitzvah I think to the Rambam, he says it, it's a mitzvah, which is under the category of But either way, the point is definitely Pasach is, is, is a mitzvah essay with cars, is, is much more common. So the Shail is how are they allowed to become Tameh when they know knew that because of that, there would be an onus that they wouldn't be able to bring the carbon Pasach. So Rashi tells us because that, that, that teaching is that if you're oisig the mitzvah, even if it's a mitzvah kala, 
uh, you're potter from this other mitzvah. So it seems like from this Rashi, we're seeing that what you look at, you look at the Ayve. Right now, there's a mitzvah which is in front of you. Therefore, you do the mitzvah, um, even though you won't be able to do a greater mitzvah in the past. So let's just chazer what we've said so far. According to the Stei Chamed, according to his Maskana at least, he says regarding Tzayim Gedalim Kippurim, you look at the mitzvah which is right in front of you at that moment. The hoiva is that there's a mitzvah of Tzayim Gedalia, so you do that mitzvah. We brought the, 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 the story of Machlik three days before uh, Shabbos, which we said that there was a Machlikas and the altar of Apaskins, that you should be Machber, but you're able to be Tzayimach and Machim. Meaning is that you should be Machber, it seems like you do look at what, that your actions could cause a Chilwal Shabbos. You do look at such a thing. And now we have this thing from Rashi. The Rashi is telling us that when it comes to Mitzvah's essay, that you do this Mitzvah's essay, even though it will cause you not to be able to do a greater Mitzvah's essay in the future. Um, and then the, <coughs> the Rebbe brings some more cases that he brings from Alpha the Shulchan Ark regarding Kiddush, that it's a situation where a person only had enough wine for Friday night, and my chisha, sorry, for air, for Thursday night, which was Yom Tif, and then he wouldn't have had enough wine for Friday night, which is Shabbos. The Shaila is, should he use the wine for Friday, uh, Thursday night, I'm sorry, for, well, I guess Friday night, Thursday night, whatever you want to call it, for, for Yom Tif, or should he wait for Friday night and use it for uh, Shabbos? So the author just says that you should keep it for Shabbos, because since Kiddush Ikroi Min HaTayra, for Kiddush on Therefore, he says you should keep the wine for Shabbos. So here we're seeing an example where he's telling us that we should go after the Asid. Meaning is if you, right now you have a Chiyah for making Kiddush for um, Yayin, which is a Mitzvah Durabanan, and because there's a Mitzvah Duraisa, which you're not going to be able to fulfill, or at least Ikre Minataira, I should say, because with the Raisa you could fill it through Davin, but the Chalmur Misaka in the Kiddush Dafka line, so Ikre Minataira won't be able to fulfill, Therefore, he says you should keep the wine till Friday. And there's also, he brings some shalos truths of the Tanakhtetic, which he's talking about the idea is that a person is, is a bit late with davening, and if he, if he says al-anissim, he will miss Kedusha with the tzibah. And the shalom is, should he say al-anissim, or should he skip al-anissim to be able to make a Kedusha? And the tzaddik is toilet at whether uh, the union of Kedusha is a mitzvah deraisa or not a mitzvah deraisa. And if it's deraisa, then you should skip it. If it's not a deraisa, then you shouldn't skip it. Look at the truva for more details, but the point is, again, we're seeing that, that it does make a chilak, that if the hoiva has a certain effect on the future, um, that does make a difference. So it's interesting that the, that the examples he brings from the Alter Rebbe, all those examples, it seems like <coughs> you look at the hoiva, and if the hoiva will affect the future, then you have to act accordingly. You look at the asid, how it is, the teitzah from your actions of the hoiva, how that will affect the asid. Aside from this, that he's passed the chumrah by mafre gimel yamim, but he does say you can be makel, there is a makilim, and also from the Sinina of Kiddush, he, he says this the same idea. And the Kutcher Sachar, he actually brings the Radvaz and the Chacham uh, Tzvi, and, uh, <coughs> and, and it seems like he holds that regarding the rices and the rabbanans, you will um, go after the derisa. Okay. So same thing over here with Rabbi Akiva and the other Fachamim. Rabbi Akiva saying is you have to look at the Tetzah of the Haiva. So right now, Hashem is causing the Churba to be much greater, with a much greater Tsar. But Dafka through that, that's going to bring a much greater Gula. So therefore he says, you have to look at how the asid, the hoiva will affect the asid. Since the hoiva is affecting the asid, this is actually something which is good and beneficial. Mashenki, the others that came, they're looking at right now. This is a chil Hashem. This is something which is bad. This, this is not something that we could celebrate. I should point out that in the end of Ha'ar 55, the Rebbe gives another uh, way of explaining the machlekes, um with Sun Gedalia and Yom HaKippurim, or Mafligimuliyamim, Three, uh, three days before the Shabbos that you're going on a boat. He does bring another option of how to learn it from a basic angle. And it's an interesting idea, so let's just go through it before we go on back to the Mesicha. That Rabbi angle has a Chakira regarding mitzvahs that have particular times that they're supposed to be done. Like, you know, eating chametz, eating matzah on Pasach, fasting on Kippur, 
keeping Shabbos. There's a Zman Yidua when you have to fulfill these mitzvahs. So the Shaila is, is the mitzvah considered in front of you only on Shabbos or Yom Kippur or on Pasach itself? Or is the Chiv always there? It's just, and therefore you constantly have to be preparing, you have to be careful about everything that you're doing in order to make sure that you're able to fulfill the mitzvah in its proper time. Um, because the Chiv is constantly there, it's just that you can only fulfill it at a particular time. So you always are obligated in it, but when could that mitzvah be done? Only at a particular time. So you have to be ready for when that happens. And he says, what would be one of the Nafkaminas? One of the Nafkaminas could be this idea of <coughs> traveling three days before on a boat. If you hold that the Chiyav of Shabbos is constantly on you, then even on a Sunday you shouldn't be able to travel. That's the Mahmir. And they say it's a Sunday, but you know for sure you're going to be Mahal of Shabbos. Then, then you can't go. Because the Chiyav of Shabbos is there. Masha'enkin, the Das Makilim, they're saying that you could travel on Sunday for Dvarashus. Well, even for Dvarashus. Because you don't have a Chiyav right now of Shabbos. The Chiyav of Shabbos begins only on Shabbos. Right now there's no Chiyav of Shabbos on you. Therefore, you're able to travel on Sunday. The only reasons they ask are Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because then it, there's exercise something because it looks like you're doing it prepares to the Chal Shabbos. Mashiach, if you're on Sunday, it doesn't look that way, therefore you're fine. But the court to the Machmir, and they're saying something to do with that. It looks like you're being the Chal Shabbos, not looking like the Chal Shabbos. You have a chiv to make sure that you're able to keep Shabbos, keep Shabbos on Shabbos. So you can't do an action today, which is going to affect how you're going to be able to fulfill Shabbos in the future. So that's how he explains it. And it could say the same thing. He doesn't, I don't think he's mentioned Sang Gedalia, but it's the same type of logic. If the Chiyav of Yom Kippur is already here on Sang Gedalia, if the Chiyav is already here on Sang Gedalia, then, then, they, then, 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 you have to, then you have to eat on Sang Gedalia in order to keep Yom Kippur. You have a Chiyav right now to make sure you could fulfill and, and fast on Yom Kippur. That's what takes precedence. So you, so you, so you eat on Yom Gedalia. Masha'enkin, if you'd say that the Chiyav of Yom Kippur only begins on Yom Kippur, then you should not. Then you should fast on some Gedalia, because that's the Chiv that you have right now. The Chiv is same Gedalia. Um, okay. And of course, I guess you could learn the same thing with the Machlech Shabbat and the others. This same type of idea. But it's, again, that, that's not really a mitzvah. That's the name of the Gaul. That's not really a Chiv, which is on us. So, therefore, it's not as relevant. Okay. So, the, the, the Sikha continues. But the Rebbe also gives a second option of how to learn the Machlechus. The second option is based on this idea of that that a person can fulfill a mitzvah in two ways. He's able to fulfill a mitzvah with all of the details, but it wouldn't be behider. Or he can fulfill the mitzvah behider, but it won't have all the halakhic details of the lachim. What's better? For example, um, let's say the mitzvah rule of an asterisk. So you can do the rule of an asterisk with, let's say, a normal rule of an asterisk. At the proper time, right in the morning, first thing, you shake the little asterisk as soon as you can in the morning like you're supposed to. But it's just a regular little asterisk. Or you could wait, so you're not going to have the best possible time. You won't have the meaning of Zrizen. So your Maisa mitzvah of Zrizen Mahdimin will be lacking, so you're missing a trap in the mitzvah. But then you'll be able to have a Mahududika asterisk, so the Hidr B'cholos is much greater. What takes precedence? Another example is, Let's say there's only one little vanessic in the community, a beautiful little vanessic computer. So when there's only one, the minig was that everybody would come to shake the little vanessic, but they didn't have time to do nanuin. You know, they weren't able to do all the nanuin in all different directions because there's no time. Everyone's waiting in line. So you shook it once and then you gave it to the next person. So the shyness, if you come late, then you would have time to do the nanuin. So what's better, to do it as soon as possible, or should you wait to do it um, with all the nanuin? A, thir- a third example. This is by the, uh, the Birch Silvana. That the best time to do Birch Silvana is on Mitzu Shabbos. The reasoning is because then you have your Shabbos clothes, and your Mavusim, so, so you're, you're able to do it in a, in a proper way. So the question is, let's say the earliest time is on a Thursday. You already see the moon, you could do it tonight. Should you do it Thursday? Or should you wait after the Mitzu Shabbos? To do it, more behavior. So on one hand, there's a mitzvah, and there's a concept of when you have a mitzvah to do, you're not supposed to push it off and there's an obligation which is on you. Now you're being over that. You're pushing off the mitzvah that you're supposed to be doing. But you're able to do it in a much more beautiful way. So what takes precedence? That's a shayla, the Truma Sedeshim passing regarding Birch Silvana, that you should do, you should wait. And, and the idea is that when it's one mitzvah, um, then, you, then you are supposed to 
way to do it in a more uh, beautiful way. The example the Rebbe gives in the Pnin is regarding Mitzvah Mila. He says it's a, um, it's a Dudma Alderif, but Leimamish, not exactly the same thing as the Geula, as we'll see, but it's a similar idea, is that you could do the Mitzvah Mila of Zuzim Atimit first thing in the morning, or you could do it later in the afternoon when there's Roiv Amhadr's mouth. It's much better. So you should do it the whole Bituka with all the details, but it won't be Mahodu because you won't have Roiv Aham. Or should you wait and have Roiv and the Rebbe explains that our reason Magdimen is the Indian which is Negea to the Gavim. Meaning, because as, uh, in, in two ways, it says. One is that when are you doing the mitzvah, you're doing it as early as possible. Like we see by Avram, by Yashim Avram, by Baiki Gav, early in the morning. So you're doing it as early as possible. So it's how the Gavim you're waking up early. And he says, in certain mitzvahs also, it's even the way that you're doing it, that you run to, uh, to do the mitzvah. He was talking about the Inyot Kabbalah, that you're running to sprinkle the blood. You're doing it in a Zorah's way. So the mitzvah is being done in a quick way, in a Zorah's way. Masha Enkin, he says, when it's right on, right on doesn't make a difference in the person or how the mitzvah is actually being performed. Right on, it's being done exactly the same way for the morning or the afternoon. The only difference is that there's a lot of people there. So that, therefore, it's not considered one of the details of the mitzvah. So, Zrizan Makdim and Inun as reason, that's something which is makes a difference in how the mitzvah itself is performed, mitzvah the gavra. And sometimes at a certain mitzvahs, even mitzvah the chafsa, like I said, zrika and, and mitzvahs that are relevant that you're doing in a quick way, uh, they also make a difference how it's being performed. Mashenki, if you're walking slowly through the other mitzvah, not being zaris. Mashenki, the need of right ham is usually never relevant to the gufa mitzvah. Um, so this would be similar to the gula. So Reikiva and others again are having an argument. They're saying, this is a Chilu Hashem. There's a Chilu Hashem that's taking place. Every moment, uh, every moment that there's a Chilu Hashem, and of course, the greater the Chilu Hashem, because they're successful or there's a fox, that makes the Chilu Hashem even greater. So there's a Hasarim in the details of Kiddush Hashem and Chilu Hashem. There's the Hasarim in the Prat, the Etzim there's a certain Hasarim. Therefore, they cry. Masha'inki Rabbi Akiva, he looked at it as the Hidr Bechalusa. He says, the Geula, if we, if with these greater chesroinus that we're going to have in, in, in the Chil Hashem, that will make the Kiddush Hashem that much greater when the Geula finally happens. So the others that came were saying, it doesn't really matter that in the future we'll be more Mohudr. What's the most important thing is, is that there should be the least possible Chil Hashem at, at, this, at this moment. Mashenkein Rabbi Akiva, he looked at what's going to be the most beautiful uh, gula. The most beautiful gula is if right now it's not going to be a, a worse type of situation. There points out in the Ha'ara that in the Stefan that he passes regarding uh, Mila, that you're supposed to do the Mila, you shouldn't, that the Indian of his reason is better than the Indian of Roy uh, Bamhadris Malach. Therefore, in a Mila, you're supposed to try to do the Mila as soon as possible. We don't care about Rebam Bamhadris Malach, so you don't push it off to the afternoon because there'll be more people there. He says, even if it's a Mila Shalebizmana, even then you're supposed to do it in the morning because it's reason like you, you don't wait till the afternoon. But the Rebbe says <coughs> that it's Lavdafi, he disagrees, because by the union of Mila, there's an union of Simcha by the union of Mila. The Gemara tells us about that Mila was one of the mitzvahs that were accepted the Simcha, therefore it's done the Simcha. It's a part of the etzim gather the Indian of Mila is Sosan Sosan Zumila. Or Simcha Simcha Zumila, I forgot which one actually. Sosan Zumila. Simcha is Yamtiv, Sosan is Mila. The Indian of Mila is connected to the Indian of, of joy. Therefore, if, since Roiv Am is not just a general type of healer which is not negated to go from Mitzvah, because over here Roiv Am is actually negated to the Mitzvah itself by the Indian of Mila. Because it's because the Mila, which has a right on, is more the Simcha, therefore the Mila is a great, the Mitzvah is being performed in a, in a better way. So it's not just a general hitter that right on has by any Mitzvah that the more people, the more beautiful. Over here, Mitzvah, the Mitzvah, Mila itself, it enhances the Mitzvah, Mitzvah, Mitzvah the Gufa Mitzvah is being enhanced. The Mitzvah is, is a greater type of Mitzvah. So therefore he says that in that type of situation, right on might take precedence or at least would be equal, probably would at least be equal to the union of Zrizim. So, uh, <coughs> so, I, I, so I think Papaya the Rebbe says that you could do either. You could be Zrizim by Gimim, or if it, you could also have Rebbe because that's adding also, because so basically they're both adding 
to the mitzvah itself. And similarly, the same thing he says by the Geula, according to Rikiva. What Rikiva is trying to say is that this reason over here is, is part of the, the, the destruction and part of the Chilu Hashem. That itself is adding to the ultimate Geula. Therefore, since the Chesar is part of the added, is part of the, uh, the, the Simcha and the Geula that which will uh, which, which will eventually come from it. Therefore, he says it's definitely more important to, to, be, to be happy because he's able to see within this hilo the ultimate gula and hither which is coming out from it. Similar to a person's waiting uh, for the Birchus Lavana, he could do it on Thursday, or he's waiting for, 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 for Shabbos, nights of Shabbos. So it might look like to the outside observer that he's just pushing it off. Oh, it's a hilo shan, it's a design of the mitzvah. You're, you're just pushing off the mitzvah. No, on the contrary, you're not pushing it off. You're trying to enhance the mitzvah by waiting till Mitzvah Shabbos. Same thing over here. Saying this itself, that there's a shul, that's enhancing the ultimate gula. Therefore, that's part of the hidden. And that was their machlekes. And then the Rebbe adds, still the question is why Dafke by the second story did they say Akiva in the Chantana, Akiva in the Chantana? Because you know they're they're always holding. You should hold, look at the Haiva. Akiva says you should look at the Asid. Or the second option would be is they're saying. You, you look at at, at what, the prateha mitzvah or the prateha korban. While he's saying is no, you look at the ruula, which is going to come from it. That if 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 you do it later, there will be a greater ruula. Or in this case, if there's a greater korban, then the ruula will be greater. So even though yes, there will be a greater amount of chasar within the chil hashem, but ultimately the mitzvah will be performed. The you know, the kiddush chil hashem and kiddush hashem. I probably should mention they're kind of the same. Two sides of the same coin. And you have more Chilul Hashem, and of course you have less Kiddush Hashem, greater Kiddush Hashem, and of course that negates the Indian of Chilul Hashem that much more. So when it comes to the question is, minimize the Chilul Hashem and minimize thereby the Kiddush Hashem, that's what the others came out of. While the Kiva says, no, uh, again, you're never allowed to make a Chilul Hashem, but this is something which is happening automatically. If this was Hashem's decision, that he says, this is something which is good for us, because ultimately that will make much greater Kiddush Hashem. So what's the difference between the two stories? So the Rebbe explains that the Chalal, everybody agrees that there's this concept, whatever Hashem does, He does for the good. Everyone agrees to that, even though there's a Canaan. But we have a Lacha also, that when something bad happens to a person, you say, Baruch Dynamis. Even if you know for sure something good will happen. For example, if your field is flooded, you destroyed your field, so you make Baruch Dynamis. I, we know that your field in the future is going to be able to produce much greater rains because of that. So maybe you should also, you shouldn't say Baruch Dynamis, you say Baruch Dynamis. Yes, you might have lost that year's crop, but let's say in a situation where you know this is going to make you rich next year, much greater, you know, much greater than you would have had just by having a bunch of weak stock. Nonetheless, at the moment, there's something bad, so you say bar finance, and something eventually becomes good, then you could say I pray about making. But the point is, everyone agrees that when something bad happens, you say bar finance. Even Rabbi Kiva agrees to that. That's why when he saw the base of Igdus destroyed, he also did Kriya, because that's the halacha. When something bad happens, you rip. But the Shiloh would be is, But the Shiloh over here is, <coughs> or I shouldn't say the Shiloh, but rather what Rukiva is telling them is that this added details that you're seeing that's making you cry is not something that should make you cry at all. But rather within those details, you could see something which should make you happier. Let's start with the second story because it's much clearer. It's much stronger. That's why they, the second story they say, He says, in the second story, what is he telling them? He's telling them is that Uriah, and Zechariah, they're, they're Aden. Together of Aden is, it's not two different people saying something, but rather when the two Aden, they're actually one Matisse. It's one type of Aden. It's intrinsically one concept. You can't, have one, you can't have one Aden without the other. You need to have both to have an Aden. So he says Zechariah and, uh, and Uriah are Enim Lamanim. That means is that what they're saying is really one thing. It, it's, it's not two different parts. It's one Matisse. Therefore, the Korban of, of Uriah and the Geula of Zechariah is really one concept. One directly affects the other. So he's telling them that in this, our situation, within the, 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 the fox running through the Kedesh HaKadoshim, we're able to see that the Geula is going to be uh, greater. As we said at the beginning of the year, it's because just like the Korban could be at different levels of destruction, who within the Geula could be at different levels of Geula. So therefore, since the destruction was in the worst possible way, the Geula is going to be in the worst possible way, and with the greatest possible way. It's intrinsically linked. 
So what he's telling them is that this that Hashem makes the fox go through the Kurdish regression, this is something which is good for us. As as the Chazal tell us, that um, that Asaf, Mizmar Asaf, that when Asaf was singing about the destruction of the base Migdash, it says, Mizmar Asaf. Why? The reasoning is, it says, Kil Hashem Ascha So the Chazal say, this is a Pasuk in Eicha Perk Dalet So the Chazal say on this, that Hashem was, he, he, Kila means he, he finished, he was Mahala, he consumed his wrath, and the Chazal say he consumed his wrath on the wood and the stones, and he didn't pour his anger on the Jewish people. Therefore, by Asif, when it says, doesn't say Bachi la Asif, rather it says Mizmer la Asif. Because he's saying is that this was a chesed that Hashem did. The chesed that Hashem did is that he got that he got rid of his anger by putting it on the wood and the stones. So he's saying, who had done over here? Hashem got rid of all the anger that he had through making the fox go through. So making the destruction worse is, I guess, A, would mean that the, the it sounds like the ruler will happen also earlier because Hashem is getting rid of his anger. But also by getting rid of the anger completely, that means Hashem's only going to have happiness in the future. So Dafka through this, side the Kamas and the Echos, that would mean that also the Kamas and the Echos of the Ula will be that much stronger. That's why in the second story, they say, in the first story. In the first story, it was Rabbi Kiva who was able to see that, was able to see what was going on that, that Rabbi Kiva was able to see in the Heshkafavetah of the Goyim what was going to happen to the Jewish people. This is what's happening to them. You could just imagine uh, in two ways, the Rebbe explains. First of all, in Vas, what type of Heshkafavetah we will have that if you're able to look at the Goyim and see the Heshkafavetah, you can also see what we're going to have. Our Heshkafavetah will be Allah's Kamukama. So you're able to already perceive what the Gula will look like. So right now we're in Golas and everything's horrible, but by looking at them, it's a muscle for what we're going to have. So this is something which is specifically, he's able to see it there. And also, to a certain degree, this, that they're having this type of Hashkavata, that means Hashem's going to give it to us in a much greater way. So Simon's side boss, and also in a way that it will make it better for us, that's why he was happy. Usually, it only means that some, something good will happen from it. For example, the story of Rabbi Kiva and, 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 and the chicken, the rooster dying, and, and what happened? Because he wasn't allowed into the city, because the rooster died, and because the cow died, and because um, or the donkey died, and because the light was extinguished, therefore he wasn't killed by the listing. He says, but true, if he never had a carnival, if he never had a candle, then also he wouldn't have been killed. So, so the bad thing that happened didn't need to, didn't actually add to the symptom. It was, it was good because that saved his life, but it wasn't that those actions itself were intrinsically good that added to, the, to, 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 to his salvation. They would have gotten in the way of the salvation. Hashem got rid of those things that would have stopped his salvation. Mashenkin over here, Rabbi Kiva saying in the first story, by me seeing what's going on with them, when I'm seeing that they're having Hashkavetach, that gives me the ability to visualize what the good will be, and that also enhances if they're getting that, then we're going to get much more. That enhances what the Gula is going to do. But that was for Rabbi Akiva. They weren't able to see it at that point in time. Therefore, they didn't say that Kiva Nechamtam, that Kiva Nechamtam. Because ultimately, the Churban the, the which was happening, it itself wasn't part of the Gula. You were able to see the Gula, you were able to see in the present what's going to be in the future, but it wasn't actually the Haschola. It wasn't the beginning of the future. It itself wasn't good. Masha'inki, by the second story, they saw that the shul going through the Kedush of Elisha was talk of something which was good. When Rehikiva explained that it's one ages, that one is, that the Ula and the Churban are connected to each other, when one is worse, the other will be better, they saw in the Churban that this is actually something which is enhancing the Gula. This is the Haskola. This is already the beginning of the Gula. Hashem is getting rid of all of his anger. Kila Hamas is getting rid of all of his anger. Right now, so they're able to see the gula. Oh, Hashem just got rid of his anger. The gula is starting. So they knew it's going to get better after that. At least at some point. <laughs> so therefore, they say, Akiba Nechamtanu, Akiba Nechamtanu. Why is there a double expression, Akiba Nechamtanu? 
It's because not only did he show to them how in the future it's going to be good, it's rather even in the present they're able to see how Bishmak everything was going to be. And that's why they were happy. And through this, we can understand two very important details. First of all, while what Sian Besada Teharash, that Sian is compared to Harisha. What's the idea of Harisha? Harisha, the, greater, the better the Harisha, the better the Zriyam that the Tzmicha is going to be afterwards. So with, when you're looking at the field, you're seeing a Harisha, you don't see in the Harisha something bad which is happening in the field. On the contrary, the Harisha itself, you're able to see this is the Haskalah of the Tzmicha which is going to happen. That's why it's so important. The second story, they were able to see that this is a Harisha. This is something which is going to help in the future. And that's also why in the Gemara, when it brings the Nevu of Zechariah, to the Oid Yeshu Zikainu 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 The other places where the story is brought, it's not brought uh, this part of the Pasuk, or sometimes it brings additional parts of the Pasuk, but in our Gemara, it focuses on Zikainu Zikainu. Because the idea is, it's trying to show how great the Gula will be. Zikainu, this is definitely after Tchiyas Amesim, as Pesos explains. So it's, as we said, everyone agrees, if he even knew that there's going to be a Moshim Shiach and Tchiyas Amesim, the Chiddush is how great the Gula was going to be. So he says, having Zakain and the Zakainus inside the streets of Yushalayim, that's not something which is common. The second part of the Kaapas, like Yeladim, Yeladais, having children in the streets, that's common. But to have that's such a joyful period that even the Zakain and Zakainus are also hanging out in the streets, that shows on a, a, a celebration which is Be'en Arayf. And that's why the Gemara Dafka brings that Pasik.